When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Song Facts Podcast. My name is Corey O'Flanagan, and I am your host. As always, this podcast is proudly a part of the Pantheon Podcast family. Go and check it out for all your musical podcast wondery. So many good things out there, and I hope that you can find them. I just want to take a minute and say thank you so much to people who have been listening. We are growing. It is slow but sure, but we just want to let you know that we appreciate you and think it's good to share that appreciation every now and again. Now, imagine writing a song and sending it off under a pseudonym, only to have it be picked up immediately and with a nice paycheck sprinkled on top. This is the story of how Zade Wolf began. Dustin Burnett has been writing and producing since he got his first drum machine and insisted on making the exact beat to Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Since then, he has made music that has been featured on many TV shows, video games, and in sporting arenas. I catch up with Dustin in his home studio and talk to him about this project and more. Be sure to check out his new album, Neon Blood Type, out on May 7th, and please enjoy Dustin Burnett. All right, well, I am here with Dustin Burnett, um, who has been writing and producing for... Man, you've been doing it a long time. So, and then five or six years ago, yeah. From what I can see, is when it looks like you started um, the Zade Wolf project, which has been ongoing for you. And I think it has an interesting story to its beginning. So, how did that come to be? Yeah the the hardest part is kind of like jumping in as if that were like the starting point, because I think people sort of see that as like a starting point. Um, but as you said, you know, I was um, even from a young age, wanted to be a songwriter, um, was able to work with, um, you know, different producers and learn how to produce over the years and record my own music. And then I was in a couple of bands in my 20s where I was producing those albums as well or co-producing those albums mm-hmm. and um, then sort of moved to Nashville, uh, 2008 and, um, decided I didn't want to perform anymore. I didn't want to be a singer anymore. Uh, I was kind of over it. I just wanted to to get into helping other people produce. And I did that for multiple years until sort of accidentally started, um, Zaid Wolf. Um, that was an interesting situation because I had, I had had a few bands that I was producing who, they started to get a couple of songs licensed on television shows or ads and things like that. And I thought, you know what? I feel like I can, um, you know, write more songs with purpose for 
some of this kind of thing. And I wanted to start a new project with somebody. And so I, I had a couple ideas for some singers for this thing, which ultimately would be Zade Wolf. I had a couple of, uh, you know, options for singers. I was writing the songs and, and recording them kind of looking for, for vocalists and couldn't really ever lock that down. And uh -huh. my wife sort of encouraged me to finish out the songs. And so I finished out a couple of the songs and I sent one of them over to now my really good friend, uh, Jessica Cole, who, um, Cole Murphy, who, um, I sent it over to her and I didn't want her to know that it was me because I had already uh, sent her songs of, of bands that I had produced and I would always get great feedback from that. And so I sent it over to her and I put the name Zade Wolf on it. And I was like, Hey, here's a new thing I'm producing. What do you think? Oh, that's really interesting. And yeah. Because I wanted true feedback. I always value that, you know, and I feel like if I would just, I would have sent it to Jess and she probably still would have given me good feedback on it but i wanted that absolute blind test feedback on whether or not it was good or not yeah just keep and, the purity of it right because she knew me as a producer and she was always giving me she would give me solid feedback on things that i was producing and then we could go back and we could work on things so um jess um she's the owner of lyric house who is the exclusive um licensors for pitching songs for zade wolf now but i sent her a song or sent her a song and she was like, this is really great. I actually have something that we, that just came over. Um, I would love to send this along to uh, the network. And so a couple of days go by and she's like, Hey, they love this song. They want to use it. It's going to be a multi-week campaign and it's this many thousands of dollars. And I was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and she, and she said, um, she was like, so, all right, tell me more about Zade Wolf. And, you know, when are you guys getting back in the studio? Uh, <laughs> and I then I was that. like, yeah, yeah. So it was such a weird, um, yeah, it was weird, right? And I told, uh, I told my wife that, we, that I got the spot and she was like, oh man, get back in the studio and make some more of those songs. And then I told Jess that, you know, Zade Wolf was me. And she was like, get back in the studio and make more of those songs. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. Um, and then that was sort of the, the catapult, like it just, it caught fire pretty much instantaneously in the world of, in, especially in their world, um, where Jess and the team at Lyric House, they, you know, they pitch things for video games and television and sports spots and all this all the time. So immediately those music supervisors really liked it. And then from there, um, I was able to sort of build out the vision and the brand more, uh, along the way by you know um you know by with visuals and music videos and things like that along the line and build the spotify and things and it just it, i you know we it all comes down to getting in those cool spots that they got into and the fandom behind um you know maybe it's an xbox spot and there's this huge fandom behind xbox and they're yeah. like what song is this and then they go over and they become fans and it was this I, we were able to use uh, music licensing as sort of like our new radio. And um, that really, I think, paved the way for the brand. That's just, that's just so wild to me. What a crazy story to just kind of hide behind the scenes. I mean, did you ever think like, man, if they come back and hate this, am I going to reveal that it's me? 
Yeah, I don't know what I would have done. I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> it's funny though. I don't I don't I, I don't think I rarely think about um failure in a I mean I I definitely fail a lot. Like it took so many years to get get things rolling. Yeah. But I never really thought of failure as like the period at the end of the sentence or anything like that. It was like, you know, and now you can try again. Yeah. You know, and that's he, that's like the he, sales mentality is kind of every no <laughs> every no leads to a yes. Right, right. So I don't know. I I yeah, that's but that's how that's how kind of how we got started on all that stuff. I like well let's jump right into the um to the new album and the song Madness that I I've been fortunate enough to hear. Step in the shadows on the Man, the one thing that I think that anybody can say about Zade Wolf and what my opinion is, is when you hear it and you go through the catalog, you just it's a big sound. It's it's layered. It's just got this like almost like industrial, like more modern nine inch nails thing going is where mm. I would kind of put it. And this song is in that realm, but you're definitely growing. And I have another question about that, but I'm specifically with this song, where did it, where did the inspiration for this come from? Cause it is a really great one. Oh, thank you. You know, it's funny. You mentioned nine inch nails and I was a huge fan um, growing up, you know, and hearing, especially closer. That was really my introduction as, as most people were who listened to a lot of pop music yep, same. Um, or things that came out on the radio. We didn't have the discovery tools that we had today, you know, 20 something years ago. So it was really, I always loved that. I remember the first time I ever got, uh, as far as Nine Inch Nails, the first time I ever got a drum, a drum machine, I would say this was like, you know, 96 or 97. So okay years ago when i first got my first drum machine and i was a teenager um the first thing i programmed was the closer beat on there <laughs> i want to recreate that <laughs> that, was, that was, i remember that to this day um and uh yeah so the news the new song madness like I, yeah whenever i'm that one is is darker off the top i wanted something that sort of felt like that sort of sound i wasn't necessarily thinking industrial but as you say that it's like okay yeah i can hear that in you can hear that in some of the sounds and the, kind of the vibe mm -hmm. um in some ways i was more influenced as far as like especially like the opening sort of sequence i wanted something that felt like it continued to build so it's almost like if i took i wanted to take modern hip-hop sounds almost more than anything of these sort of wavy sort of guitar and keyboard things but then yeah. sort of mix it with a hans zimmer soundtrack okay. um so that was kind of it was it you know the whole is actually an interesting thing that i did in the production in that song there's the sequence is the same it's well it's four it's four chords and it's four chords again the last chord is different on both of those times but there's there's an interwoven note that 
that basically just keeps growing throughout the whole thing. And the chord gets a little more complex as it goes along because I'm adding to the top and bottom because I want that one first note to continue to grow until the highest note. So it, it carries across the whole vocal if I solo out all of the stringed instruments and things in there that hmm. is um, that I, I wanted to try to do something which is like that, which I feel like is in a lot of those Hans Zimmer's tracks where he takes almost an atonal tone and he runs it over yeah. across where it feels like it never really lets you down. So I wanted to feel like we kept going, kept going, kept going up until that first madness break where the drums and crap gets, you know, in there and gets chaotic. Yep. So it was, it was fun. It took some experimenting on that one. Um, you know, and as you, you said, you know, you think that I'm, that I'm growing or that you see that I, I've spent a lot of time on this album. Like the other ones came really fast. Um, this one, the production, I, I was realizing that the genre that I'm in right now has, has made a lot more of that. Like there's more bands and, and artists and producers that are sort of making they're in this wave now from, you know, basically five or six years ago when I started. Yeah. So now that wave is bigger. So I'm like, well, now I have to, I'm always trying to surf the next wave out. And so I was really trying to challenge myself on some of the stuff on, on this album to, to make it, um, you know, even more unique or feel like that we've grown, especially for the other, for the fans who have listened to my music for so long, like it's part me and part them. Hundred percent, and that I think that you kind of did a. You might have even answered my next question that you had, but this is. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong here. This is the third album for Zade Wolf, right? Yeah, it's the third third full length. We've had a couple of sort of partial EPs and stuff that have come out kind of in between and a bunch of singles. But I, yeah. I think we're, I've stacked up to somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy, eighty something recordings wow. that have come out over this last five five, six years. Yeah, it's been, it's busy. It's kind of, it's a big focus of mine. What are some things that have surprised you as you've gone down this path that it sounds like wasn't really terribly premeditated? Um, but I'm just mm -hmm. wondering, like as an artist and like you all of a sudden veer off in this new direction from what you were doing and considering what you had just talked about with the growth and and just the, not just your personal growth, but the growth of the genre and the, and the style in general. I just imagine that there's got to be some things that have come up as you keep writing songs that have just kind of been like aha type moments. And I'm wondering if you can share any of those. Oh, cool. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. I was, as you were thinking about that, my brain started, you know, it was automatically just kind of started going about, okay, what is thinking about the story? and how the song started and the first few were written out of this like almost like a fury of an instinct and a couple of them i wrote and recorded in in a 24-hour period wow. where i basically just got up in the studio after at 9 a.m and i worked in, through till you know two or three and i was like oh that's that song's it's done like we, it just kept going i kept being inspired it was like you know plowing through on instinct and just vibe and now i'm looking at this album from those first couple of songs and thinking about how painstakingly i sort of looked at some of the details <laughs> i mean i can tell and just by listening much. to your songs that you are a detailed oriented person because <laughs> as i'm listening i'm like this person 
has to be I there's something about it where when you get this many layers and you have this much texture within one song it's to me I'm always wondering like where does it end like when do they just say it, that's it it's like looking at a painting and being like how did the person be like I just don't need any more brush strokes on that like I just mm. how do you do that you know one of these days what I want to do is is do a couple of um YouTube videos and just show people some of the things that never made it in to yeah. some of the songs or talk about that process because people have asked me this type of question before as far as you know the layers of the sounds and things and a lot of times I'll you know I'll work in a bunch of ideas I'll try stuff and then I'll just delete it and try again or you're going through a song and and you're realizing that it's just too much there and how can I make you know the verses feel like they're way less than the choruses because that's really how you get the impact it's not that you know, you have to find space to where there's nothing so that you can hear something really big afterwards, you yeah. know, like watching a movie and it gets really quiet right before a jump scene. Yep. There's a reason for that. The contrast is important. So I try to make those types of kind of jump scenes in, you know, in the songs so that you get that delivery, you know, of kind of power or, or, okay. I like that. Okay, I want to. I want to. Let's go back in time a little bit here because yeah, I want to talk about the first album and a really great song that I think was when I first um, was introduced to your music. I think this was the first song that I heard, and it's "Top of the World." To me, it just kind of seems to capture a theme of this of this project, which is, yeah. I think you've said it, of just like inspiring people. And is that where the idea of that song came from? Yeah, definitely in, in parts. Um, I, I remember that's another song that I sort of really distinctly remember a few things about that process. And I realized that as I was kind of writing the first kind of batch of songs, I wanted to do something that felt like it had swagger, but it was also upbeat. It wasn't like a sort of like one of those slower swaggery songs like New Blood or something like that. That's yep, sort of, okay. you know, a born ready that kind of sit back in that like, you know, slower type thing, but hit hard. I wanted to do something that felt up and really fun. And I just started thinking about, at the time like where do I see my life like what do I want to do like and then and also thinking about like what are the moments right now that are actually this already that I just don't need to sort of look over you know so mm -hmm. it's always a balance of what are the super special things right now that that you're already maybe top of the world on that don't look over those but then also focus on like what are some of your dreams and keep um you know, you know, keep visualizing those, feeling those. I do. I think that that's a good, I think that that's just a really good concept of, of trying to be both enjoying the present while also being aware of what you'd like 
to manifest out of the future too. I, I didn't go there with that song, but now that you say that, I really like that idea. <laughs> it's kind of a party song too. I think about it in a party, but 100%. you know, that the advice I give right now in that way within that song, is not necessarily always the life that I live and I don't definitely don't get that stuff like locked in all the time. So I think sometimes the songs are more like lessons back to myself on, on, um, you know, how you need to see the world and, and, and what, and what to do with that. Yeah. Well, now we've talked, we've, we, you know, we've, we, I love dissecting songs. That's, that's pretty much the reason that this podcast exists, but oh, you've fun. done, Let's do it. well, you've done so many things and I've, I'm always really interested in production of things that I haven't thought that are just kind of like, I think for most people are more like background of your day-to-day -day life, like TV soundtracks, going to a, um, you know, like an NHL game and hearing yeah. some some music in this in the arena and stuff like that. And you've done so many songs for um, that have been used on TV and film. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk about gaming, as it is something that I read you're a big fan of. And yeah, I'm really interested to know for you what are the different challenges when writing specifically for a video game versus writing for a show or a film or just for Zade Wolf, something like that. Yeah, well, first I'll say that it's all those lines are pretty blurry for me. Um, you know, I at first um, I would spend more focus on like what exactly this was for or mm -hmm. my idea of what it was for, you know, who would use this or or whatever. Like I, I spent more time on that um, kind of at the beginning. And maybe that was kind of the learning and teaching stage to myself. Yeah. But now I'm just. I'm trying to make things that I really like. And I, I really like making that kind of music. I like, cause I, I think I love, I love games. You know, I love, you know, movie soundtracks and movies. I, I love, you know, the visual arts in, in all of those ways. And so I think there's, there's just a little bit of a, a sort of a natural tie into that, that um, I realized somewhere along, along the way, it kind of became apparent that, oh wait, you need to be doing more of this instead of trying to write, you know, for the next, you know, pop, you know, radio song, which I, I spent a lot of time in my 20s trying to, you know, write a, you know, 20s and 30s trying to write, you know, hits for radio. And I never really got any significant, you know, traction in that area. And so I realized, oh, I was actually love making this kind of music. So let's yeah. just dig into that for a while. Stay tuned for more Song Facts podcast right after this. Ever wonder how my voice is bouncing off your eardrums so clean and crispy? No? Well, let me tell you anyway. The Lyra Microphone by AKG brings their legendary acoustic engineering to a versatile USB mic that delivers the highest quality audio in its class. USB connection. This is good for me because of the simplicity and the ability to just plug and play without an interface. You may have gathered from various episodes that I am doing this show on the road, so being that I record most interviews in a different location than the last, it is good for me to know that I have a high-quality, easy-to-transport-and-use USB mic like the Lyra to make sure my sound is clean. Whether you're like me and recording a podcast, a musician recording vocals or an instrument, or if you need to do a voiceover for a YouTube channel, Lyra's innovative AKG Adaptive Capsule Array adapts to your performance to record pristine audio. 
it has four versatile capture modes. What's a capture mode, you ask? That is how the mic picks up your voice. Just trust me, with these four options, it's really all you're going to need. With AKG Lyra, you'll be up and running in no time, no matter your experience level. There's no assembly, no need for separate audio interface, no fiddling with software settings. It just works right out of the box. And Lyra is something that is compatible with Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android devices, and all major recording softwares. So, if you're looking for a mic that offers ease of use along with a high quality sound, check out the AKG Lyra and look no further. I'm always I'm always interested in process, right? So when okay. you is it normally like you just create something and then it it gets pitched out to different people and maybe somebody picks it up like a, a game or a or a, a an arena and like the NHL or something like that mm -hmm. might happen. Or have you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it goes both ways, but I'm, I have, let me just take you where I'm going. I have this vision in my head of somebody sending you like a rough design of a video game that has no, has nothing to it. It has no sound effects. It has no music. And you go through and have to play this thing as just have it be dull and then like the music gets created as you're going through it and i'm wondering like one does that actually happen or is that not how it works and two if you had an opportunity to do that and just have this blank slate would is that something you'd be interested in well yeah so i i've never had that opportunity um, I would love to have that opportunity. I know I I, there's a guy that I, that's, um, you know, acquaintance of mine who, who does that. He basically does score for like video games and, but I would love to do that. I would love to be able to, you know, score, um, a, t a television show or, or a movie or something like that to where I get to kind of do something like what I kind of hear and see um so yeah and sorry I'm, I'm trying to think back what the original question was i got so excited that i forgot but we you were talking about um you were talking about you know how that process works yeah yeah and um yeah so i think from a lot of my stuff at least at this point um music supervisors will hear i mean they've just like you got the album as soon as we were kind of ready on the press side of things like mm -hmm. they they went ahead and got um, copy of of the album at least to kind of listen to um but sometimes and my and my licensing team will send that out to them and and keep them up to date on new stuff like that of course but i've had really interesting ones to where like this isn't in this isn't really in the game world but um uh the the guy who puts who put the music in for the uh, los angeles kings hockey team um, hurt caught one of my songs on Spotify and wanted to play it in the stadium as like their walkout song, you know? Okay. Yeah. So there's weird ones like that, or this time that we went to China a couple of years ago, um, you know, year before the, the pandemic, um, went over there to perform some songs for like a video game tournament for this thing called honor of Kings, which doesn't really exist in the U S it's like a, it's like a huge game in China though. It's like on a mobile and, kids play it constantly but those folks heard the song somewhere uh, through something like that and wanted us to come over to do it so it can be anything from like 
someone just being sort of a fan of it who has a project to someone who controls, you know, music on multiple television shows on a major network or Xbox or something like that, you know? Yeah. So many different avenues to get, get it in it the is. right place. And that's, I, I find that so interesting because I think people think about music in a way your, your general consumer of music just thinks of like, I hear it on the radio. I hear it on a playlist that I like, and that's mm -hmm. how the artist makes money. But as I've been doing this podcast and I've been learning more about the industry in general, I'm just amazed at the amount of ways that you can generate revenue as an artist in this. And if you just don't, if you just keep your mind open, I, I really think that you can do exactly what you've been doing for so long and, and made a career out of it of just of making that happen. And I, I don't know if I was, if I was a younger artist or any, any age artist that was just being like, why can't I do this? I would just listen to something like this and be like, Oh, that'd be like my aha mm -hmm. moment of like, God, there's just so many different avenues here. I'd maybe I should just like focus on something else for a little bit and see if that hits. Yeah. And, and there's been, there, there's so many, I mean, it, especially if you're using social media or even TikTok and stuff like that right now, that yeah. if you're, if you're smart about the way you're using that and you can monetize that as an artist as well, I'm, I have not even dove into that. I feel like I have too many plates spinning to try to create <laughs> TikTok content all the time. Um, but you know, there, there are, there's anything from song licensing to, you know, uh, getting songs on great playlists on Spotify or Apple music or, or whatever. Um, of course, hopefully when touring comes back, there'll be, there's some performance oriented things people can, can make money on their social media. There, there are, there's so many ways that you can, um, you can do that. So there's sample packs. You can build yeah. sample packs for what you do and share that with people. Um, yeah. A friend of mine, Kara Madden, um, you know, she is a top liner, vocalist, performer. She makes sample packs. She uh, makes tutorial videos that she shows people how to get pop vocal sounds. And you can download those. There's like all kinds of cool stuff like that that people are doing that are friends of mine. It's like, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, no, it's always inspiring to hear that kind of thing. And I think that that, you know, the, hearing that and knowing that there's, more than just like your basic like write an album try and get it on the radio go tour behind that album there's just so much more to it is is it would be a breath of fresh air for me if i was if i was trying to do it so i, I i'm really interested in this because you write music in so many styles and, and just genres i think it's really hard to put you in a box which is something that i like and i appreciate and so mm -hmm. i assume you also listen to an eclectic array of music and it just got me wondering what your mainstays are. Like, who do you always go back to for inspiration? It's kind of fun. We, I'm, pressing, uh, I'm pressing vinyl on this new album. This is the first time that I've ever um, been able to do that or actually felt like that we could maybe sell a couple hundred vinyls this time. And that would be like awesome. I love that. So we Good thought, for you. We, so we thought, you know, I, I, or I thought and talked with my team and and about, all right, is it worth, you know, throwing down the money to get these pressed? Do we think we'll sell it? Whatever. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. So in the process of that, I say all that, that um, I didn't currently own a turntable. Um, had one when I was much, much younger. My 
I grew up on albums that my folks would spin. Tom Petty, Led Zeppelin, Cars, that kind of thing. And so in order to, you know, press your vinyl, they're going to send the test pressing over of the album once it's actually on there. And then they'll make the replicas from that if the test press sounds great. So I thought, well, I got to buy a nice turntable now. So I bought a nice turntable and then I bought a couple of couple of albums and bought a couple of more albums and ordered like 10 more off of uh, eBay this past week. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, and, you know, my, my oldest daughter is way into it too. So we've been throwing stuff in there and yeah, my, it's eclectic. If I think that that al- the album collection made me really think about that the other day because we we're actually putting in the stuff. We've got newer stuff in there like Harry Styles albums, which are perfect. They're amazing, in my opinion. Yeah, Lana Del Rey on the newer side of things. We've got some of that stuff, and then we go all the way back to you know from Led Zeppelin and um, Tom Petty, and um, you know through the eighties with Bruce Springsteen and that kind of stuff, and so. Uh, Michael Jackson and Queen uh, just ordered uh, Run DMC. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so, so yeah, I love, I love, you know, a huge um, variety of stuff. It kind of depends on my mood. Like, if I'm going to be sitting by the swimming pool, it's almost always going to be like a, a yacht rock playlist. You know what I mean? If I'm driving, um, it's it could it's like rock or EDM all the time if I'm not on a drive. You know I love I mean? that like you I brought want... up a yacht rock playlist because I was at a um, <laughs> I was at when I first got over to the UK over the summer. I was at my I had met my my um, girlfriend's mom for the first time, and she was like, "Okay, we're having like a dinner party. We're having some people over, but." Um, and it was in Scotland where like the lockdown was really tight, but it was like all these people in their neighborhood, mm-hmm. and she was like. Will you, uh, do you want to like play a few songs? Like, would you play the, uh, would you, do you know how to play the gambler? And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that song. And I'm like, no. And this was like literally like 48 hours before the dinner party. And and I was like, are you going to, she was like, well, just like, you know, have some, play like five or six songs. I'm like, oh, well, I'm, you know, you've made, you've made a set list, you've practiced and you know what it takes. So yeah, I can just whip that up. And she was like, right. really good point. Yeah. What do you want to do musically? And I was like, it's so easy. You're you guys, we're just going to find, go on Spotify and put on Yacht Rock and it's just going to be yeah, great. Exactly. And we, that's exactly <laughs> what I did. And the next morning she was like, God, that was good music all night last night. And people, if you're listening, get the Yacht Rock playlist. It is so good. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I'm, I'm a little, um, I'm probably a little too young to have appreciated it. Like it was like, it was like dad music um, of, you know, the late seventies, early eighties, you know, all those sort of easy listening rock hits that as a kid, when I heard any of that stuff, I thought this is the stupidest music I've ever heard in my life. Give me something <laughs> that's loud. You know what I mean? But now as an adult, the cool thing is I, my appreciation for it now, not only, great songwriting but you can put that on and actually you don't have to worry about anything that's going to come up on it it's like oh yeah you're going to kind of remember it a little bit if you don't know the song well and then they'll throw toto in there and you'll be like yeah and everybody's singing so it's like (laughs) it's pretty funny how how broad that is and, and actually how much enjoyment 
um, people are getting from the yacht rock stuff lately. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. You got to go. I mean, I can't encourage it enough. I I put it on and yeah, it works in literally every setting that you've you can imagine. Just be in heaven to be like, oh, we need a quick playlist. <laughs> um, okay, I got one more for you, and then we're gonna let you go. And I just oh, I'd cool. like to ask this: when people got a new project coming out, what are you most proud of on this new album? Oh my gosh, uh, finishing it. <laughs> I think that works. <laughs> if I had to pick a song that I was sort of most not necessarily excited about, but kind of most sort of proud of in that moment, you know, finishing the album was like probably the biggest accomplishment for it. Cause it was like, it was dragging on and, and trying to figure out what songs that would needed to be on there, which ones didn't and how to release those. But I got to the end and I was like, the album's done. And then my PR team said, can you write two more songs so we can do an exclusive version for uh, Apple? And for iTunes, I'm like, what? This <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I finished the album. I finished the album. They're like, no, I mean, don't you have like a couple of demos or something you can kind of just finish out? We'll make those the bonus tracks. Oh so I was like, God. oh my gosh. So the pressure was like, it was like super high at first because I thought I got to, you know, write more songs. And then I was like, maybe they're right. Just think less about it you've got the album think less about it and just kind of whip up a couple of songs and one of the songs that i that hit right at that time and i wrote it was one of those ones that kind of the guts of it came together and like you know recorded in eight hours probably six to eight hours yeah was is this song called holy water And it doesn't, it's, it's weird. It's not like a motivational type song. It's a little kind of grungier and sexier, um, you know, that kind of thing, which I hadn't really done on the album mm -hmm. or on any song really yet. So I think that's why it came out. Cause I just kind of let all of the parameters kind of go away. But yeah, that song um, I think is really special. Um, it's going to release shortly before the album comes out. Of course, this podcast, when this podcast goes on, um, it will already be out, but uh, probably. Um, but yeah, that one. And I think it's weird sometimes how stuff happens when you like when you stop thinking about it so hard and give yourself some space for creativity in a new lane, then cool stuff really happens. I don't I don't do that enough where I'm just like, just need to unplug for a couple of days. Don't even look at anything musical. Yeah. You know, and I've just see then what happens. This conversation with a lot of musicians over the last few months, especially like, because the world has mm -hmm. been in such a unique time and people have like, I don't know, there's been like this morphing of people have gone into like really hard writer's block because they were just like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to work again. I don't know when I'm going to be able to play live again. And like they're 
maybe the fears of everything that's going on and they don't necessarily know what the future holds just makes them clam up and and then eventually mm-hmm. like the songs start coming out and the creativity starts coming out because i think if you're an artist and you you're you're in touch with that part of yourself then it, those are just going to continue to happen and i'm it's always really interesting to me to be like whether you're under the gun and you're like i've got to get I've got to get a hit single on this record. Like they love everything about it. <laughs> telling me there's not a hit single. And I've got, so I, now I've, now I don't just have to write a song. I've got to write a hit versus just oh, being like worst. free and easy and just being like, nah, I got a year. I'm, I can get, you know, 11 songs out in the next year. And, and one of them will be worthwhile that they'll be like, that's great. And just kind of that juxtaposition of the pressure. And I think, it's good to be under the pressure sometimes because I do think that that forces you to be creative in a different way, but Mm -hmm. it's also really nice to have that easiness that you were talking about too. Yeah. And I think the, it's interesting to hear about, hear that about the other, you know, songwriters and and they're feeling like, like that. Cause at first we thought, Oh, maybe a few shows are going to be canceled. Um, Well, let's sit down and try to write an album. And then everyone is sort of under the pressure to write an album and write a hit during this time that was very abnormal. Everything we're getting every day, we're dealing with politics on a whole new level. Um, Yeah, but lots of pressure, lots of interesting things. And when I was able to kind of put my guard down and I didn't actually realize that was happening at the time or and I also wasn't sure I wanted to make a take the risk to write a song that was different like this and so i think because it was like no just write a demo you know write a bonus song for the album we actually came away with what with you know my team and i what we feel like is really the best song on the album during that process as well so when you pull that um when you pull that back up take a listen to it and see what you think it's it's hitting in a different way than some of the other ones but i think there's like there's a real level of honesty and purity that was able to sort of come out in that time that um, I think, I think really means something. It means something different than the other songs, but it means something. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that just kind of mentality. And, and so far mm. what I've heard of the album I like, and right when we get off of this, I'm going to go check out that other song. And, and the album is Neon Blood Type. And it's dropping May 7th. And I really appreciate you and, and uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's working. I, thanks, man. All right. Thank you, man. We'll have to catch up another time soon. Big, big thank you to Dustin for coming on the show and giving us a little bit of a different view of the music industry. I always love learning more. His new album is Neon Blood Type dropping May 7th, so be sure to check it out. And as always, for the stories behind the songs, go to songfacts.com. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 